0: Well, thank the Lord for gathering us here again Amen. for this uh, wonderful weekend. Um, this weekend, we have a uh, wonderful subject we want to fellowship with you. It's on your sheet. How about let's all read together this uh, uh, subject title together of this conference. <laughs> This was the subject title that we covered uh, at the recent uh, International Training for the Elders and Responsible Ones uh, in Ethiopia. And we'd like to use this weekend to use four messages to bring to you uh, the crucial burdens uh, contained in those messages. So we have uh, four sessions uh, tonight, tomorrow, two sessions, and then the Lord's Day, um, <clears throat> to touch upon this great matter uh, of the propagation of this resurrected, ascended, and all-inclusive Christ Amen. as the development of the kingdom of God. <clears throat> so uh, propagation is... Uh, uh, You know, it's a word that is, uh, uh, I would say, used a lot among especially the evangelical Christians. Uh, They want to spread the gospel, propagate the gospel everywhere. But the burden we have this weekend through these messages is for us to see what are we propagating. What are we propagating? We are not propagating... uh, Christianity. We're not propagating uh, just the teachings of the Bible. We are propagating a wonderful person. A person who is the embodiment of the triune God, a person who has been processed through death and resurrection, and now he is even in ascension to be the all-inclusive one. This is the one whom we are propagating. So, these messages are based on the book of Acts. We know in the four Gospels, we see the life and move of the Lord Jesus on earth. And then, in the book of Acts, we see His disciples, and particularly the apostles, they continue what Christ did, and they spread the Gospel everywhere, from Judea, uh, to Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth, <clears throat> so many considered acts continue in the Acts the apostles they continue what Jesus did. Jesus preached the gospel and his ministry and, uh, uh, on earth right was uh, carried out in those thirty three and a half years of his life and then in Acts that the disciples continue to do what uh, Jesus was doing. Well, it's not wrong to say that uh, these disciples, uh, they continue what Jesus did to spread the gospel. But we have to realize that the continuation is not just to go out and to preach the Bible, to preach the gospel in a kind of a, a... as a work, as a kind of a mission. Then we have to see that in the book of Acts. We see a group of people, a group of disciples. They are indeed not just continuing the work of Jesus, they are the continuation of Jesus. <clears throat> in the book of Acts, apparently, <clears throat> it was just the disciples going about preaching the gospel, spreading the word. But actually, it was Jesus. It was Jesus who lives in them. Who has been, become one with them. They are just the vehicles. They are just the means. It was Jesus continuing through these disciples, through these apostles, spreading himself all over the earth. So We are, what are we propagating In the, with the evangelical Christians? They preach the gospel, but mainly concerning the earthly life of the Lord Jesus, which ended at his death on the cross. That was the, the uh, primary message of all the, uh, the gospel messages. But in the book of Acts, we see these disciples, these apostles, they went everywhere. They're propagating not only the crucified Christ, but the crucified and resurrected Christ, even ascended Christ, and all-inclusive Christ. What we are propagating is not just the one who died for us on the cross. That was the completion of his earthly ministry. But now, after Christ died in resurrection, he is now in the heavens, carrying out his heavenly ministry. Jesus did not just die on the cross and ended there. He arose. Praise the Lord, our Savior is risen. He is a living Savior. He is not a dead Savior, he is a living Savior. These disciples, these apostles, they went everywhere to propagate not a crucified Savior, but a living Savior. One who is now in resurrection and even in ascension, who is the all-inclusive one. Eventually, the outcome is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not something that they were striving to get at. Rather, the kingdom of God is a spontaneous issue of the propagation of this resurrected, ascended, and all-inclusive Christ, not for the kingdom of God, but as the kingdom of God. Actually, this very Christ, this resurrected, ascended, and all inclusive Christ, will be the kingdom of God. As he is propagating, as he is uh, being spread all over over this earth, this Christ, he becomes the kingdom of God. We are not propagating him so that we can bring down God's kingdom in an objective way from the heavens. Rather, through our propagation, This very Christ, He is, He will become, together with all His believers, His body, we become the kingdom of God. Well, we have uh, four messages tonight. In this first messages, we want to see the matter of being witnesses of the resurrected, ascended, and all-inclusive Christ. This matter of propagation, we all have our particular concept about how to propagate Christ, how to propagate the gospel. But here in the book of Acts, right from chapter 1, before the Lord ascended to the heavens, He told the disciples that they will be His witnesses. I would say that this message... From this message, we can see the nature of the Lord's propagation work. The nature is not as some kind of activity, some kind of program, some kind of uh, uh, movement. Rather, the propagation is through witnesses. Living persons who are the witnesses of Christ. And even, I think we would need uh, some explanation uh, and uh, recalibration concerning the matter of witnesses. Now let me just start in the the first point. In the book of Acts, the apostles and the disciples were witnesses of Christ. I think witnesses is a, a familiar word to many Christians. I remember when I was a new, a young believer. I was also taught I need to witness for Christ, and uh, and always I consider to witness for Christ. Of course, it refers to my experience. I need to uh, tell people how I was, uh, how I received the Lord, how I got saved. Well, as a ch- as a, as one who uh, uh, I grew up in the in in the church life from the children's meeting, and. Uh, my salvation experience was not that dynamic, and many times, you know, I read some stories of some big sinners, and he was converted, and they, I was so impressed by their stories. And I was always a kind of somewhat uh, intimidated. Uh, how, you know, how do I witness for Christ? I don't really have a very dynamic story to tell others, and I always tried to work out my testimony. What, did, what should I? <laughs> What should I uh, you know, tell people about, you know, how to witness for Christ? That was my understanding of what witnessing is. But, dear brothers and sisters, witnessing is not about you telling your story, your, how you were converted, how you believe in the Lord. We are talking about not your testimony, but it's a witness of this person, Amen. of this wonderful person, of this resurrected, ascended, all-inclusive Christ. So forget about yourself. You, whether you had a dynamic salvation like John Newton, and, uh, or you have just a very common mediocre salvation like me, it doesn't matter. Christ is still wonderful. Christ is resurrected. Christ is ascended. What we witness is not about ourselves. What we witness is about this person. That's what these disciples were charged by the Lord to be such witnesses, the witnesses of this wonderful person. So this, witness, this matter of witnessing is not about, actually, about any kind of preaching, any kind of teaching, but to, be, to bear a living testimony. This is what to be a witness means. To be to bear a living testimony, not just by words, not just by what, they, what we say, but by what we are. <clears throat> this matter of the testimony is a crucial matter in the Bible. Actually, we can say that the Bible reveals to us that God's heart's desire from the very beginning is to gain a testimony. Even from his creation of man in Genesis, he created man in his own image, according to his own likeness. God wants to be expressed. God wants to be represented. God wants to have a testimony. Man, to be God's expression, is to be God's testimony. Well... This matter is deeply on God's heart. God wants man to be his expression, to be his representation, so that he can have a testimony on this earth. But we know that soon after man was created, instead of expressing God and representing God, man was seduced by Satan. Satan came in and brought in sin, brought in the world brought in death, brought in idols, brought in his kingdom. All these factors have become the elements that constitute the fallen mankind today. Instead of having an expression of God, having a testimony of God, man, mankind has been involved with these six Negative things. Satan, sin, the world, death, idols, and the kingdom of Satan. Until then later on, even with the children of Israel, after God brought them out of Egypt, then God showed them on the Mount Sinai, showed them the law. And he called the law, the Ten Commandments, his testimony. The testimony is just God's definition. God's explanation. God's representation. God's expression. So, the tablets of the Commandments were put inside the ark. Then, that ark was called the ark of the testimony. And... That ark was within the tabernacle, which caused that tabernacle to be called the Tabernacle of the Testimony. If you read the New Old Testament, you realize how much this matter of the testimony, which is actually God to be expressed and represented, how much this matter is in God's heart. That's the center of the whole Old Testament, it's about this testimony. The ark of the testimony, the tabernacle of the testimony, containing the the tablets as the testimony. That was in a type. Until the time that Christ came, He was truly the testimony of God. That's why Revelation tells us He was a faithful witness. What was He witnessing? He was the testimony of God. He came. To express this God who is invisible, abstract to man, that he says, No one has seen the Father, but the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him, he has expressed him. So Christ came, he was truly the faithful witness. His whole life, his 33 and a half years, on the earth, was a life of witnessing. Amen. Not just as word, in words, but what he is, what he, what he is, was a witness, was a testimony. That's why toward the end of his life, when he was being judged before Pilate, Pilate says to him, are you a king of the Jew? And the Lord answered, yes you said I'm a king. Then he says, for this I was born. For this I came to this earth to testify to the truth. Then Pilate said, what is the truth? If I were there, I would also ask the same thing. What is the truth? The truth is not some doctrines that Christ came to testify about. He, this truth refers to the divine reality. This truth is just God Himself. Christ came to testify of this truth, of this divine reality. While the whole human race is enveloped by Satan, by sin, the world, death, and idols, and the kingdom of Satan, controlling the whole mankind, here is a person, he came to testify of this divine reality. Then he could say that in John, I think 14, that he says, in me, Satan has nothing. There's a person on the earth, he was the faithful witness that in him, Satan has nothing. Satan has no possibility. Satan has no ground. Sin, he knew no sin. Right? He became sin on our behalf, but he knew no sin. And the world has been judged under him. And death is under his feet. Amen. He subdued death. He overcame death. Amen. And how about idols? There was no idols One day, Satan brought him up to a high mountain and showed him all the glories of this world. And he told him, if you bow down to me, all these will be yours. Wouldn't you be tempted? All the people, they are worshipping, they are worshipping all the glories of of this world. But here is a man who was a faithful witness. In him, Satan had nothing, and he could tell him that I worship only the Lord your God. He has no idols. He lived only by the Father. He lived only in the Father. He lived only for the Father. He had no idols. And he had nothing to do with Satan's kingdom. His kingdom is not of this world. Satan's kingdom has trapped everyone in this world. But here is one who says, my kingdom is not of this world. Dear saints, here is a a person who is the faithful witness. He testifies of this divine reality. Today, now this one, at the end of his life, before he ascended, To the Father, he charged his disciples that you will be witnesses. He to be his continuation, just as he himself was such a witness for God, to bear the testimony of God, that the disciples would be such witnesses to be the continuation of this one. Right? We are the many witnesses. This saints, I hope even through these few messages we have this weekend, our eyes may be enlightened to realize when we talk about the propagation, we are not talking about just some kind of evangelical work, you know, to have a, a different kinds of movements, activities. We are talking about a person bearing a testimony. Today, the church, corporately, we must be such a witness, right? We must be the testimony of Jesus. That at the end of the Bible, even in Revelation, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of this prophecy. God wants to be expressed. God wants to gain such a testimony on the earth, and he needs witnesses. So, here we are. We, Lord, we want to be your witnesses. Not just to talk about our story. No, forget about that. We want to to not only talk about Him, we want to be one with Him. We want to bear this testimony of this marvelous one who is the resurrected, ascended, all-inclusive Christ. So when we talk about the witnessing... In this message, we are not merely talking about something that we, that we talk to others, that we preach to others, but who we are. We, not only are we teaching others about the resurrection of Christ, the ascension of Christ, of course we do, but even more, we are one with this resurrected Christ, one with this ascended Christ, one with this all-inclusive Christ, then we will be truly His witnesses to bear this living testimony of Himself. Right? This is what the Lord wants in His economy. Now, A says, in the New Testament, the meaning of witness is primarily to bear a living testimony of Jesus Christ in His crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension testifying requires experiences of seeing and enjoying concerning the Lord or spiritual things. It is different from merely teaching. So to be a to be a witness, you have to <clears throat> you have, have first hand experience, subjective experience, right? You cannot just hearsay, you cannot just uh, to pass on some information that you learn. You have to have the first-hand experience. The first-hand experience of this one, this Christ, the resurrected, ascended, and all-inclusive one. We must see who he is and enjoy, partake of what he is, all that he is. So, then we will become the genuine witnesses, not just preachers, teachers, but witnesses of Christ. In his ascension, the Lord carries out his ministry in the heavens through witnesses who testify of him in his resurrection life and with his ascension power and authority. Praise the Lord. Today, what we are propagating is not just the Christ on the cross. We are propagating the Christ who is now resurrected. And even He is in ascension. He is seated in the heavenlies. And He is even the all-inclusive one to us. This is the one whom we are testifying. This is the one whom we are witnessing. So maybe a little bit more, uh, before we could continue, considering what I just said about <clears throat> the elements involved in Christ as God's testimony when he was on the earth. Positively, his witnessing, his testimony of God involves the fact that He was God mingling with man. And he was man living in oneness with God. This was what Christ, as a man on the earth, testified. He was God becoming a man. He was God mingling with man. And he was a man who lives in God. That whatever he was doing, he could say, I did not, I came in the Father's name. I did the Father's work. I seek the Father's glory. So everything that he said, everything that he did, is not about himself. He lived in God. He was fully the mingling of God with man. And he was a man living in oneness with God. This was his testimony. This was what he was witnessing about. Not just to pass on some doctrines, some teachings about God to people. He lived in that mingling of God and with man. And then on the negative side, that in this testimony of this one, Satan has no ground. Sin has no ground. The world has no ground. Death has no ground. Amen. All the idols have no ground. Amen. The kingdom of Satan has no ground. Amen. They're saying, this is the testimony that Jesus bore, and this is the testimony that we, as his witnesses, shall bear. Amen. When we say we are going to witness for Christ, we are not just going to go about to tell our story of how we were, con- how we were saved, but to testify on the positive side how God has come into me to mingle with me. And I am living in oneness with Him. And also today, even especially collectively as the church, we are His testimony. We are God manifested in the flesh. That collectively, as His people, as His church, Satan has no ground. And sin has no place. The world has no place. Death has no place. The, and then the, uh, uh, the kingdom of Satan has no place. And idols have no place. This is what we testify. Brother Lee once said something very striking. What is our testimony? What are we trying to witness? We are not even testifying of how scriptural we are. We meet we meet every, you know, we meet in a way everything is done carried out scripturally. Sisters are, you know, covering their head, and then the break, we have table. We have uh, proper meetings. We have uh, proper singing. We have proper prophesying. Dear saying, is this what we, what is this the testimony that we bear? The testimony the church bears to witness to be such a witness of Christ. It's nothing even about these teachings, these outward practices. We are the unique matter, the unique person that we, whom we witness, whom we testify, is this living Lord, Amen. who is the resurrected and ascended and all-inclusive Christ. Amen. This is the one whom we witness. Brother Lee even went as far as to say, even our oneness, even our testimony is not about our oneness. It's not about how good, how proper, how spiritual we are. Our testimony is about this living Christ. Amen. Some of you may, have, may remember, you know, Brother Lee told us one time that, uh, you know, when he was uh, uh, with Brother Lee, and at that time, uh, Brother, uh, uh, <clears throat> Brother Lee was uh, uh, helping to edit to do some editing work for Brother Lee's uh, uh, literature. And at that time, many of uh, the churches wrote in reports about how so many left denomination came to meet on the, in the church, uh, standing on the ground of the church, and then we have the Lord's table, and the sisters are covering their head, and all these things, reports coming in again and again. And Brother Lee, after reading all those reports, he told Brother Lee, please, write a reply to them. So that if you keep writing these reports to us, that all you talk about is, you know, people leaving denomination, coming to meet on the ground of oneness, you know, breaking bread every week, then that's all the, all the things that you report, then you are not our co-workers. You are not our co-workers, because this is not what our testimony is about. We are testifying of this all-inclusive, resurrected, and ascended Christ. This is the one whom we witness. This is the one whom we bear as our testimony. This is the testimony of the church. Now, let's come to the second point. The Christ revealed in Acts is in resurrection. Hallelujah! Amen. The Christ revealed in Acts is in resurrection. Amen. Of course, this resurrection includes his crucifixion. You cannot have resurrection without crucifixion, right? Without death. But particularly in Acts, we see not so much the crucified Jesus, but the resurrected Christ. A Christ is living today in resurrection. How do you know He lives? He lives within us. He is in resurrection. He is not a dead Savior. He is a living Savior in resurrection. Resurrection means that He has overcome death. He has defeated death. Death tried to hold Him back. Death tried to keep him down, but here he says, I live. I'm living. Death has no place in this one. This Christ revealed in the book of Acts is the resurrected Christ. He is in resurrection. He says, through death, Christ entered into another realm, the realm of resurrection. Because Christ is the living one with an indestructible life, death is not able to hold him. Amen. He delivered himself to death, but death had no way to retain him. Amen. Rather, death was defeated by him, Amen. and he rose up from it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your power? Our Christ is a resurrected Christ. We are not just preaching a Savior who died on the cross for our sins, shed the blood for us. Don't misunderstand me. We appreciate that deeply. We are all products of Christ's redemptive work on the cross. But Christ did not remain on the cross. After three days, he rose from the dead. He is now in resurrection. And his resurrection defies death, defies all the power of death. Today, the gospel that we preach, the messages that we give, must be in resurrection, concerning this resurrected Christ. When Peter stood up there on the day of Pentecost, speaking his message, he was in resurrection. When he was in the old man, right, he was opinionated. He had all these, uh, he was just uh, always uh, 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 stepping on his own foot, and uh, always saying the wrong things. But there on the day of Pentecost, as he was speaking that message, he was altogether in resurrection. He was not only testifying or preaching the resurrected Christ, he was one with the resurrected Christ. He was not timid, even though the people around tried to uh, suppress, tried to oppose, but he was bold. He was strong, not from himself, but the resurrected Christ in him gave him and became his boldness. Amen. What he was speaking, what he was doing there was something in resurrection. This saints, today, when we talk about the propagation, we are propagating a living person. A a person who is in resurrection, who is resurrection, and we are one with him in his resurrection. So, uh, B says, Christ's resurrection was the focus of the apostles' testimony. Resurrection is the lifeline is the life pulse of God's New Testament economy. Without resurrection, nothing will become, everything is a note. Even Christ's death for us will not be effective. uh, Christ's resurrection assured us of God's accepting us, of God's justifying of us. This resurrection Animates God's full salvation. Amen. So, in the book of Acts, with the apostles, they were witnessing this resurrected Christ. Amen. And this is the focus of the apostles' testimony. They testify He lived, Christ is resurrected. It doesn't matter. All the death try to subdue them, try to defeat them. They declare Christ is resurrected. Saints, I don't know how you feel tonight. It's uh, end of the week, Friday. You have a bad, terrible week. You have a bad week, whatever it is. Let me tell you tonight, Christ is resurrected. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are not in death you are in His resurrection. Death is under our feet. As His witnesses, we testify, our Christ is the resurrected Christ. It doesn't mean that we don't experience death. We don't encounter death. Death often tries to come to knock on our doors, through different kind of environment, through different people. Death tries to intimidate us, but as his witnesses, we can declare, Death, you have no room here. You have no ground in me. As his witnesses, we testify of the resurrected Christ. He is not just resurrected 2,000 years ago. He is resurrected today in me. He enables me to rise above all the deadening situation, all the dying situation. He enables us to rise above that. Right? So, this is quite a different kind of witnessing than what you are familiar with. Here the apostles, in spite of all the Persecution they were under, they testified of a resurrected Savior, a living Savior, who has overcome, defeated all the deadly elements. Number one says, God glorified His servant Jesus through His resurrection and in His ascension. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus points back to his incarnation, humanity, human living, and God-ordained death, and points forward to his ascension, to his ministry, and administration in the heaven, and his coming back. In other words, resurrection is pivotal, pivotal in God's economy. It points to Christ who was a man lived a human life on the earth up to the time he died on the cross. Then through his resurrection, he is now ushered to a new realm where he is now in ascension, carrying out his ministry and his administration. We know when Christ came as a man, he lived a perfect human life. Fragrant, aromatic human life. And he brought that human life to the cross. But then, in his resurrection, this man rose from the dead. And firstly, in his resurrection, this man, this second man, this last Adam, he himself, he was the only begotten son when he came. But in resurrection, he became God's firstborn. He is the firstborn son of God. Expecting many of his brothers will follow him. In resurrection, he is now the firstborn son. He is our older, elder brother. Praise the Lord. Elder brother Jesus. We are all his brothers. And in resurrection, he became a life-giving spirit. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit when? In his resurrection. Before the resurrection, he was a lowly man. He was a, a man without his countenance, was not something to be admired at. But now in resurrection... He became the pneumatic Christ. He is pneumatized to to become the life-giving spirit. The spirit who is available, who can give life into people, into God's chosen people. And also, in his resurrection, he regenerated all God's chosen people to become the members of Christ, the children of God. Hallelujah for His resurrection. Without His resurrection, nothing would be real. Nothing would be effective. Now, through His resurrection, He brought brought what He was in His humanity into another realm. Now, in God's economy, because of Christ's resurrection, there is the firstborn Son of God. We'll have a wonderful message tomorrow concerning the firstborn son. This resurrected and ascended Christ is God's firstborn son. And we are his many brothers. This is what what we want to propagate. So that God may have many children. Our Christ may have many brothers. In resurrection, he became such a life-giving spirit to regenerate, all of us to be his God's many sons and the members of Christ. So, hallelujah for resurrection. Right? Don't you appreciate resurrection? Amen. We should not consider resurrection as just an event that happened 2,000 years ago. Resurrection is right now. Amen. Resurrection is with this person. Just like what he told Martha, right when the, when his uh, Lazarus was dying, she was complaining, "Oh, you came too late. You should, you know, that uh, uh, my my brother has died." And the Lord told her, "I am the life. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Resurrection is me. With resurrection, it's not a matter of time. It's not a matter of place. I am the resurrection." Our Christ today, He is the resurrection; yes. He is the resurrected Christ. Now, number three, the Christ revealed in Acts is in ascension. He says, "Whereas resurrection is a matter of life, Christ's ascension is a matter of position, and position is a matter of authority." Well, I realize that uh, you know many many Christians are somewhat familiar with Christ's humanity, His incarnation, and a little bit familiar with His resurrection, but not that familiar with Christ's ascension. Rather, many consider this ascension of Christ is something too objective, too, something too uh, 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 far away, far flat, uh, far-fetched from us. Actually, dear saints, No we have to witness, we have to testify of this ascended Christ. Yeah. In a Christ not only resurrected from the dead, He ascended. And in ascension, He was there inaugurated by God. In this heavenly position, to be the Lord, to be the Christ, to be the King. Today in the heavens... Not only God was there in the heavens, today there's a man in the heavens. There's a man who lived on the earth as the faithful witness, as the testimony of God, and he died. After he died, he rose from the dead, and this man is now seated in the heavens. In his ascension, in his ascension, there's a man in the glory. We read the verse in in Acts 2, 36, telling us, let the house of Israel know, all of the house of Israel know that this, this, this man Jesus, God has made both Lord and Christ. It was in his ascension, of course, from in eternity past. He was already the Christ. He was the Lord. As the Lord, he is the possessor, possessor of, the, of, the, of the whole universe but particularly is in ascension, there was a man who lived a life on the earth and who died this all-inclusive death and now raised from the dead and ascended to the third heavens as a man. Today is a man in the heavens. A man in ascension. A man being made Christ, the anointed one. A man being made Lord. Today, we are the body of this man. The body, he is our head, and we are his body. In the same way, dear saints, if we see ascension, if we see the ascended Christ, I tell you, oh, you can hardly hold down yourself. We are in the heavenlies with him. As Paul showed us, that we were crucified with Him, we were raised together with Him, and now we are seated in the heavenlies with Him. Amen. Saints, where are we tonight? In, the in Bellevue Meeting Hall? No, we are in the heavenlies. Amen. We are in ascension. Amen. Our head, Christ, He is there. And we as body. Where can, how can the head be in the heavens? And yet the body be here on the earth. Here, the head and the body are one. We as His body, we are one with Him. He is in ascension, and so are we. We are in ascension. We are, here, we are there with Him in this heavenly position. And as, as the ascended one, He has the authority. <laughs> he has the position. Yeah. He has the power. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one. Oh, I tell you, when you see that, this is the Christ whom we are witnessing. When we, so many, so many things that we try to come our way to depress us, to suppress us, to defeat us we will rise up and say, no, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. We don't agree with all these unrighteousness. We don't agree with all these godlessness. You know, especially when the church comes together to pray, we have to take this position. Not only to rise from the dead, to be enlivened, but also to take this position with Christ seated with him in the heavenlies to reign and rule with him, to carry out his administration. I really enjoy in the church's prayer meeting. While we were just kind of a group of ordinary, common, motley crew, just coming together, nobody. But yet, when the church started praying, I tell you, we command the heavens. Amen. We bound. We lose. Amen. We have the authority. Amen. We are not praying in a begging way, please God do this for us, God give this to us. When we see that, we are serving an ascended Savior, ascended Christ. Our position is not low, it's not common. You know, you you read in Acts chapter four when Peter and John were captured, right? By the, and they were brought before the Sanhedrin. They were they were reprimanded, you know, of their testimony. They were they were they were preaching the gospel. They were testifying for Christ. They were reprimanded by the officials not to not to speak anymore. And these two brothers, they were bold and tell and tell the officials. Shall we listen to men, or shall we listen to God? And what did the, what did uh, um, let me just read that to you. It says, uh, in verse 13, it says, And as they beheld the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated men and laymen, they marveled, and they recognized them, that they had been with Jesus. They were just ordinary men. Laymen. Unprofessional. Untrained. But who gave them the boldness? They were not afraid of officials. Not afraid of the authorities. Then they realized these men were not common. They had been with Jesus. And then, you know, when these two... They came back to their people, right? And then uh, they were reported to them and uh, what, uh, uh, what happened to them. And when they heard this, in verse 24, they lift up, lifted up their voice with one accord to God and said, Sovereign Master, you are the one who had made heaven and earth and the sea and all things in them, who through the Holy Spirit and so forth, through, uh, through the mouth of our father David, your servant has said, Why did the Gentiles rage? and the peoples devised vain things. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. Well, I'm not going to read to you all that. But at the end, they just uh, prayed, raised their voice, praying to God. Just like referring to in Psalm 2, talking about the one sitting on the throne laughing at these people. These people try to ridicule, try to, uh, to uh, uh, belittle you know, God's work. The one on the throne laugh at them. What are you trying to do? The one on the throne is Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the Lord. Amen. And as these two brothers brought back this news and they were praying together, and at the end of their prayer, the earth shook the gates of Hades were shaken. Oh, saints, when the church prays, watch out. (laughs) We are not here just to pray in a a common, beggingly way. You know, I did. I usually refer to uh, my experience in in Ethiopia. In Ethiopia, in the church in Addis Ababa. They, I wish all the saints would be able to attend their prayer meeting. 300 in the church meeting, 200 come to pray. And when they pray, they were on their feet, right? They were on their feet by twos and threes, and in a very, it was powerful. And they were not praying for Ethiopia, they were praying for the whole earth. You think Ethiopia is the poorest country, Is this and that. I tell you, they pray for you. They pray for the whole earth. right. I mean, in that kind of a prayer meeting, you just, you just hold, you're, up, you're lifted up to another level. We are not here just praying, to begging God, trying to do something for us. We are here commanding. One with this, one with the ascended Christ. Binding and loosing. They're saying, this was the experience of the apostles in the book of Acts. They were not preaching a lowly, humble, crucified Savior. They are witnessing this resurrected and ascended Christ. They're not only telling people about Him, they are there with Him in the ascended position, exercising His authority, Now, B says, the Lord's ascension was his initiation into his living and ministry in the heavens. This initiation brought him into a new realm. That is, into the heavens where he now has his living and is ministering there. Christ's ascension was his inauguration. He was made officially as a man who became the Lord, the Christ of the whole universe, God's anointed, the owner, the possessor of heaven and earth. Now he is officially inaugurated through his ascension into that position. And we, his witnesses, we are one with him. We are his body, right? We are are connected to him, we are one with him. The Lord's ascension brought him into a new stage the stage of a resurrected man living in the heavens as the center of God's administration. This resurrected one is now sitting in the heavens to execute God's administration. The resurrected Christ ascended to the heavens to be exalted by God and to be given the kingship, the lordship, and the headship over all things. Amen. The ascended Christ has also obtained the throne the glory, and all the authority in the universe. Amen. Saying this is what we are witnessing about. Amen. Not about your testimony, how you got saved, you try to inspire people with your little conversion story. We are testifying, witnessing Amen. of this ascended Christ. Amen. That's why, you know, in Paul's fourth ministry, uh, 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 missionary journey in his uh, last voyage, you know, as a prisoner. There on the boat, as the, as the ship was encountering uh, the, the storm in the sea, he was the prisoner. And all the, the captain with all the soldiers, they were panicking, they were how to save their life. And there, this prisoner, he was in ascension. Amen. They were in the midst of this storm. But he contacted the Lord, and the Lord told him, everyone will be, will be okay. So you just have to tell them. So Paul, as the deputy guard on that ship, apparently he was a prisoner. But actually, he was the deputy guard. <laughs> Telling the people, all the captains, the soldiers, cheer up men. They, hung- they, were, they, were, they, were, they were hungry. They, were, they threw all, all, all the foods off the boat, tried to save their life. But here is a prisoner who told them, you'll be okay as long as you listen to me. <laughs> Don't do anything stupid. Don't try to jump off the boat. If you listen to me, you'll be okay. Cheer up, enjoy something, <laughs> eat something. Who was this prisoner? He was in ascension. Amen. He was not in the storm. He was, not in the, he was not there being in chain. He was in ascension. That was Jesus living again Amen. on the earth. Not the crucified Jesus, but the resurrected and ascended Jesus. This was how the apostles carried out their witnessing of this resurrected and ascended one. This ascended Christ obtained the throne, obtained the glory, and obtained all the authority of heaven and earth in the universe. These says the ascended Christ as God's anointed to carry out God's commission to work out the spreading of the gospel and the building up of the church. Praise the Lord. Amen. Our Christ is the resurrected and ascended Christ. Amen. Now point four, the Christ revealed in Acts is the all-inclusive Christ. You may not have thought, of it In this way, we, we enjoy the all-inclusive Christ in 1 Corinthians, in the book of Colossians, but we have never thought, even in the book of Acts. It's a book concerning the movement, the living and the movement of the apostles to spread the gospel. In such a book, we see in the witnessing of these disciples, these apostles, they witness this Christ who is all-inclusive. Not just the crucified Savior who died for them, but an all-inclusive Christ they witness. There are five points under this, at least these five points. A, Christ, let's all declare, point A together. Christ is the author of life. Amen. He authors life. He is the source of life. He originates life. One says, As indicated by the Greek word rendered, author, Christ is the origin or the originator of life. He is the author, the chief leader of life. In Acts 3, we see the imparting of life into others who is to propagate Christ. For such a propagation, we need the Lord as the author of life, the source of life. How different this is from today's Evangelical work, to just evangelize the world, to spread Christianity, to just teach people the scriptural things, all the scriptural teachings. Here, the apostles, they testify of a, the all-inclusive Christ <clears throat> as the source of life, Amen. as the origin of life. He is the one who can give life to people not just to teach them, not just to, to, to instruct them, but to give life. He is the author of life. Amen. Amen. And B, let's read. Christ is, God's servant. Christ is God's servant. God glorified His servant Jesus through His resurrection and His ascension. God sent back the ascended Christ as a blessing by pouring out the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Hence, the Spirit whom God poured out was the Christ whom God raised and exalted to the heavens. Christ is God's slave, God's servant, God's sent one. He was sent by the Father to be the servant, to carry out the Father's commission. And, God glorified His servant through His resurrection and His ascension. Praise the Lord that our Christ is such a faithful servant of God. He did not come to do His own thing, to do His own work. He came to do in whatever He did, whatever He said, was in full oneness with the Father. He was the servant of God. And God glorified him as such through by resurrecting him and by ascending him. Then he and God send this one back to us to be a blessing by pouring out his spirit upon us. Now see. let's read. Hallelujah. We have a leader. Amen. We don't have any, you know, among us, we don't have any human leaders, so to speak, right? But Christ is our leader. Many times, you know, you have new ones come to our meeting and ask, who is your leader? Right? Who is your leader? We, say, we have no leaders. That's what? Right. How come? How can there be no leaders in the church? Actually, we do. Our leader is Jesus. Amen. Jesus is leading us. He's leading us to sing. He is leading us to pray. He is leading us to do this. He is leading us to speak for Him. Everything that we are doing is under His leading. Amen. Isn't this good that Christ is leading us? Amen. Many times we are in, in, in a crossroads and, you know, wondering what I should do, what the, which, uh, which uh, direction I should take. Don't just ask the elders or the co-workers what you should do. Ask Jesus. He is your leader and he is also your savior. He will save you where he leads you. Don't worry. He said, he will. what happens if he leads me wrong? He won't lead you wrong. He is also the savior. He will save you. God exalted the man Jesus as the highest leader, the prince, the ruler of the kings to rule over the world and the savior to save God's chosen people. Leader is related to His authority, and Savior is related to His salvation. He rules sovereignly over the earth with His authority that the environment might be fit for God's chosen people to receive His salvation. You know, many, 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 of, the, many of, of you, probably uh, you came from other country or other states. Uh, who brought you here? Jesus led you here. And before you came to this area or to, to well, you, 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 were, you were, your attitude toward God was in, in one way. But God sovereignly arranged all these situations, leading you, right, in some many, many complicated steps, and he led you eventually to the place where you, you were just uh, in distraught, you were just uh, 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 totally discouraged, hopeless, and he led you to this point, now he is ready to save you. Amen. Right? And many from China came, you know, they were, they were totally uh, uh, godless, but yet God led them here. Right? And then as he led them here, he saved them. Amen. He is our leader. He is also our savior. They're nothing happened in our life is accidental. Christ is our leader. He is leading us every step of our life. Amen. And as He leads us, He saves us. Amen. He is our Savior. Okay, let's read point D. Christ is the son of man. He is not only the Son of God, He is the Son of Man. Amen. This aspect of Christ was repeated over and over again in the book of Acts. This one, this resurrected one, this ascended one, is a man, Amen. not just God but is the man. A man was resurrected. A man is now ascended. Acts 7.56 reveals that Christ is the Son of God, Son of Man, standing at the right hand of God to be the comfort, to be the encouragement, and the strength to the one martyred for Him. That was Stephen. Stephen saw the ascended Christ as the Son of Man. This indicates that the ascended Christ still has His humanity, His human nature. We shouldn't think that when Christ rose from the dead, He left His humanity. No, He rose as a man. And He is ascended as a man. Stephen saw the Son of Man standing there. So today, this wonderful Christ, resurrected and ascended Christ, whom we testify, witness, is such a man. Such a man in the heavens in the glory. Let's read the last point. point e. Christ is the Lord of all. Who all. all in Acts 10:36 refers to all the peoples. The ascended Christ is the Lord of all the different races and peoples on the earth. With him there is no respect of persons. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Amen. He's my Lord. Amen. He's your Lord. Amen. He's our Lord. Amen. We are not a people without owners. We are not Jesus as the Lord. He owns us. He possesses us. He is the Lord of all. So here in, the, uh, in Acts, the apostle testified, witnessed such a wonderful one. Dear brothers and sisters, to carry out the propagation according to the book of Acts is not by means of any kind of program, arrangement, movements, It is by witnesses. This is the nature of the propagation recorded in the book of Acts. It is not by a lot of uh, arrangement and doing is by our witnessing. And this witnessing is not about ourselves, but witnessing of this wonderful person, who is the resurrected, ascended, and all-inclusive Christ. Wow, praise the Lord. I hope you see something. Uh, To me, this is so precious, to realize this is uh, what the Lord is after today. He has to propagate all over the earth. We were so encouraged when we were there in Ethiopia. Was, they were just propagating this Christ in such a normal way, and these, these ones they were not they don't have big program, big mission. They were just witnesses of a Christ who is so living, who is so real to them. I believe here, even in the Puget Sound in northwest area of America, Christ wants to propagate. Yeah. Oh, may this living Lord, this resurrected and ascended and all-inclusive Christ be spread all over this country, all over this earth. That this earth will be filled with Him. Praise the Lord. Okay, um, shall we pray with the one next to us for a minute? And then we can have some response.